the We Are Dog Nation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. This is the International We Are Dog Nation podcast, and it's been a long time, and I am so glad to be back doing this podcast once again. I'm your host, Nation. That's short for Dog Nation. And man, I am excited. So, so excited. Before I get to why I'm so excited, because I think all of you are very excited, and we're going to talk about why we are all so excited. But quick recap, of course, we know what happened with LSU. You know, we got top five playmakers out. You know, we can't do that against a high-powered team. Yada, yada, yada. Okay? Whatever. That's done. So, we go into the bowl game against Baylor. Second year in a row in the Sugar Bowl. This time, there was no letdown. Although we had 14 players out, be it injury, be it ineligible, be it for other personal reasons, be it trying to get ready for NFL draft, we had 14 players out. And we still came out there against Baylor and handled business. Kirby said everybody was dialed in. Everybody was focused. Nobody late to a meeting. Nobody late to the bus. And that's what we need on a consistent basis at UGA. And I knew I said, so for me, in January, it was all about keeping my eyes on what's going to happen. What's about to happen in January? Because what is Kirby going to do? Because we can't have another year of this offense that we just had. Too much talent to not have a high-power offense. We got to do something. And so I read a report about how Kirby Smart was trying to hire Mike Bubble as OC. And it got me excited. So, okay, he knows he got to change something. And I get it. Kirby got to be professional. He could not throw James Coley on the bus during the season. And I think probably all along he knew I got to change his offense. And we're just waiting for January. And so, okay, looking at this this going, hey, Kirby trying to make some changes. Then we get the Jamie Newman news. The dual threat quarterback out of Wake Forest, who, by the way, had the second best deep ball in the nation, right behind Joe Burrow, who also, by the way, through the first 11 weeks of the season, he was the third highest rated quarterback in all of college football, right behind Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. Now, you may say, well, that's a Wake Forest. He didn't play against great talent. I got that. But it still does not mean he's not that talented. He's not, he's not talented. Doesn't mean he's not great. I mean, look at Lawrence Cager. He was down in Miami. And, you know, Miami is a dumpster fire in itself nowadays. But he came up here and was a main contributor on the offensive side of the ball in the receiving core. Here for us, he did very well for us. And I can only imagine had Lawrence Cager been healthy, had George Pickens been, you know, in the game the full time, and things might have gone different LSU. Who knows? But. He was a major factor in this Georgia offense. So who knows what James Newman was going to do until he gets here. But then I thought about, okay, yeah, we got a dual threat coming in. Yeah, we got a guy who has some pretty good stats. Or, you know, the 11th interception kind of, I don't like that. But, <coughs> but still, 
we got a guy coming in. And I thought about James Coley. I said, man. And look what he did to Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm was looking like a first-round draft pick the first two years. And he still may go first round, maybe second round right now, but he looked bad this year. And I understand we lost some wide receivers, but it, James Coley have a track record of not doing well. It, it's from Miami. Every year that Miami as offense coordinator, the offense got worse and worse and worse all three years as offense coordinator. So I'm like, something got to change. We cannot have this blow to all the momentum we're building up over the past few years under Kirby Smart to be taken down. What's Kirby going to do? What's Kirby going to do? And he goes in and he hires Todd Monkey. So, okay. Let's check him out. Who is this? So he's trying to change some stuff up. Now with the Todd Monkey. Look at his stats. Okay, well, he was a Cleveland Brown offense coordinator last year. When I first saw that, oh my God, okay, that's a red flag because you had Odell Beckham, you had Jarvis Landry, you had the great Nick Chubb there, and y'all won like six games. And so I'm like, okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. But with defense to his history. 2011 at Oklahoma State, he finishes. Third in total offense, second in passes, second in scoring. 2012, Oklahoma State. Fourth in total yards. 2015, this is a number that stood out to me. This is a number that stood out to me and it just was mind-blowing. 2015, he was the head coach of Southern Miss. At that time, it was still is, the second college football team in history. To have a 4,000-yard passer and two 1,000-yard rushers. It's a lot of offense. The quarterback, who was Nick Mullins, threw for 4,400 yards, nearly almost, almost close to 4,500 yards, 38 touchdowns. The two running backs, Jalen Richard, who now plays for the Oakland Raiders, and the other running back. Edo Smith, who now plays for the Falcons. One season, two 1,000-yard rushers and a 4,400-yard passer, nearly 4,500-yard passer. Do you know Jake Fromm's highest total passing yards? Believe it or not, actually came this year. And that was 2,800 yards passing. And it, uh, it, it, it jumped over a couple hundred, a couple hundred from the previous years. You know, due to Darnay Swift only one, you know, cracked a thousand yards, and the other person, close person to that was uh, Brian Herring with 400, like 60 something, and, and Zeus had uh, 400 yards himself. But can you imagine, just for a moment, the talent we got, if he could do that again? Not, not even 4,400 yards. Let's go, let's go 3,500 passing yards. Let's go 3,600 pass, 3,600 passing yards. Let's go 1,000 yards from two backs and let's say 300 yards, 400 yards rushing from a dual threat quarterback. Can you just imagine that what's going to look like for one second? Then I got to thinking, okay, Todd Monkin there. How much 
say so he's going to have in all of this. And what, what, you know, is he going, can he really have his way or is James Cole getting away? And then I heard some news. We all heard the news. And this news. Got me feeling happy. James Coley, as we all know by now, is going to Texas A&M as a tight ends coach. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, Grim Reaper. I call him Grim Reaper. He kill offense and quarterbacks. Goodbye, 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 good riddance. Now, I said, okay, now we got Tom Monk in there, who's known for a uh, big-time passing attack. Okay, so thought came to my mind. Okay, is Kirby going to let him do, do his thing? Is Kirby going to take a, take a page out of Coach Odron's book and say, here's the offense, I'm going to get out your way, do your thing? Because also in, in, in NFL with the Bucks, Tom Monken had, in 2018, the number one passing offense in NFL. And third total offense in NFL with the, with the Bucks. And the quarterbacks he's worked with in the, in the past said he plays to the strengths of the players. So, is he going to take a, you know, if, if is Kirby going to step back and go, here you go, top, have at it. Or we get in the way. And I said, well, no, 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 not going there because he's not bringing him in to do that. Not to be the same guy. He's not bringing him in to do that. I kept wondering. I knew something was up. I knew something was coming. Because the red flags was there. I'll be brutally honest for a second. Okay? You bring in no more tight end and Darnell Washington. Five star group. Six foot eight, 260 pound. 4-7 running tight end from Las Vegas, Nevada. Way across the other side of the country. You bring in Marcus Roseby. Who, you hold on to him. Who, by the way, <laughs> him and Arian Smith, who also in the top like 50 or 60 overall player in the country, uh, in the country, say, you know, we come to UJ and we saw in the LSU game that they don't have wide receivers who can catch the ball. They were brutally honest. I thought that was hilarious. Uh... You bring in Justin Robinson, who's underrated, who Terrence Edwards is very high on. And by the way, Justin Robinson, from reports doing the bowl practice, he's already been on, he's already been on campus already. He went through the bowl game practices. Make some catches over some experienced players during bowl practices. So he might be somebody to look out for uh, coming up this fall here. And so, okay, how do you pull that in? Then how do you how do you well on top of bringing Jamie Newman in, Jake Fromm also goes to Jamie Newman, talk to Jamie Newman and his and his family, say, look, you, you should come to Georgia. And Jake Fromm does that after declaring for declaring for NFL draft. Jake Fromm is a special guy. 
Because you could have, you know, you done, you, done, you done told her, hey, I'm gone. I'm going to pros. I'm declaring. I'm leaving early. Jake Fromm could have easily said, I'm not talking to nobody. But that ain't his character. These are awesome young men, an awesome leader. To go in, go in there and talk to Jamie Newman and say, you should come to Georgia. So how do you get a dual threat quarterback who threw for like over 3,000 yards and over 500 yards rushing? How do you get that guy to come to Georgia? And all this talent. And then on top of that, on top of that, Brock Vandegrift, who decommitted for Oklahoma because he's way too far out. He's like, what, 15 miles away from uh, Athens, uh, Georgia, from, this is Bogart, Georgia. So, like 15 minutes, maybe, from the stadium. Who's number one uh, quarterback, uh, pro-style quarterback in the class of 21? Who, by the way, don't let it fool you by I mean, the pro-style quarterback. That kid can move. He runs a 4-6-9 laser for him. So he might only even get faster. He's a big, he's a big kid too. So this guy who wanna throw the ball. How do you put all this in and, and put, do all this knowing what offense did last year? It like make no sense. You, you're not gonna tell me I'm a, I'm a high school standout wide receiver. I'm going to Georgia at first after watching what they did last year on offense. Like, that's not happening. So something had been told, and it was, and Brock Vandegrift confirmed that. He said that they're going to change the offense up. And I'm like, Kirby, man, is really doing the doggone thing. That's why I named this podcast, when it comes to Georgia football, in Kirby, I trust. In Kirby, I trust. I've been trusting him, but, you know, I guess we all, for years of disappointment, we just wonder, are you going to stay the same? The answer to that is no. And, <coughs> not to say Brock Vandegrift is the automatic guy in, 20, in 2021, because we only got one year with Jamie Newman. I'm not counting on Carson Beck. How Carson Beck gonna look like this offense? He's 6'4, 230. Jamie Newman's 6'4, 230. Brock uh, Vandegrift is like 6'3, like 200 pounds. I'm not counting out Carson Beck, and I'm not counting out DeWan Mathis. Hoping that he get fully cleared. It's not guaranteed, but hopefully he get fully cleared. What are the quarterbacks gonna look like under this new system? Well, by the way, who I'm predicting to have, I'm predicting us to have the number one defense in the whole entire country. We finished number three, and a lot of our defensive players were very, very young. You're talking about the Kobe Dean, uh, Zito Jalari, who's a red shirt freshman. You're talking um, Nolan Smith. You're talking Tariq Stevenson. Lewis Sine. There's a lot of young players out there that got some quality playing time. Trevon Walker. So, with that defense coming back even better and more experience, who knows what can happen with change of his offense? Who knows what's going to happen with flourishing his offense? I tell you what, as of right now, it looks like April 18th is going to be G Day. And you better bet your bottom dollar. If I got breath in my body, 
and activity in my lungs, and I can move. And I, I'm sorry, activity in my limbs, and I can move and move around and drive. I'm going to be in Athens, Georgia, April 18th, like the rest of us, excited about a new era. And I'm like, I'm looking at this going, okay. What it's going to look like? Who's going to be a breakout player? So I got a couple of breakout players for us. One breakout player is Demetrius Robinson. Now, Demetrius Robinson, in his freshman year, had almost 800 yards receiving at California Berkeley. Now, he got to Georgia. He kind of disappeared over, over the moment. Like, he hasn't really done much, but maybe it's an offense. There's several analysts and experts that say our offense was handicapping uh, and hindering Jake Fromm. So what's going to happen now on new offense? So I got a couple of breakout players. Okay. I got Demetrius Robinson and my breakout wide receiver. We all know how, how great George Pickens is. I think we'll have a monster season. But I tell you what, we'll be covered over freshmen along with uh, Demetrius Robinson being talked about. And hoping that Blaylock come back 100% at some point in time next season. And ho- and with hopes of either Jermaine Burton or Marcus Roseme or Aaron Smith or Justin Robinson have some input. Not no need, no need much this they share. I'm not asking them to be the man right away. But have some type of input and some, some effect on the game in a positive way. Not to mention the, the, the tight end transfer from Florida State that's coming in and Darnell Washington coming in and the tight is already there. It's going to be very interesting to see what Tom Mock is going to do with all, these, all this talent. And I'm not ruling out, I'm not trying to be you know, a homer or a little fanboy or whatever, but with the way the defense is, how strong it's going to be, even if we don't fully flourish a year or two on the top market as an OC, I think regardless of what happened in year one on the top market, it's going to be better than it was last year. And if you can average 30, 30 points a game, 35 points a game on the top market offense this year, it's going to be some serious trouble for everybody else for everybody else. But I'm, I'm encouraged uh, uh, all that putting all together, I'm encouraged because it's only a matter of time. The, the next podcast I'm going to get into about the breakdown of Georgia history and why we have not 1-1, why this time is legit because you still got doubters. But I get delayed on the next podcast. I'm probably going to do it next week after uh, the Saturday on, on February 5th. But It's going to be real interesting. Another, I got two more breakout players. This is on defense. Adam Anderson. We know about Aziz Ojolari. We know about, you know, Nola Smith and all those guys. They're expecting the ball out. I'm thinking Adam, Adam Anderson is going to take another leap this year. A big time leap this year. And my true freshman coming through, 
doing some major things on that defensive line. Jalen Carter just got his fifth star after a, a monster performance in the unarmored game. When I saw that kid highlights the first time, I said, oh my God, that dude's a beast. The way he's playing, if he if he plays anything like he did at the All-Star game, anything like he did in high school, this young man will be a first-round draft pick someday. I'm really, really high on him. He ain't even touched the field at Georgia yet. And so, I'm excited. I'm happy. Because I know change is coming. I know it's only a matter of time. And I said it before and I said it again. That dynasty train is coming through Athens, Georgia. And once we get the first one, since 1980, you will see more championships coming. More and more championships coming. Again, next podcast, I get into that because I'm going to break down on the next podcast what we were since 1980. The transition from different coaches from Vince Dooley to Ray Goff to Jim Donnan to Mark Rick. Why they get done? Why it's getting done now? And I tell you what, if anybody hearing this, you're a hater and you're making fun of Georgia, I'll just say this to you. Get your laughs in now. Because you won't be laughing long. Alright. UJA is up for we're pushing. It'll be finalized February 5th. We're pushing, making a push for the number one class in the country. Right now we like on the brink of right now we're number three. Um we're still waiting on the official the last, the last signing day with Brock. I'm oh, sorry, with uh Sergey Vonpron and Roger Jones to see if they stay true to their commitment and come to Georgia. That's going to help out and add some more pieces to the puzzle. And so we just like end up no more class yet again come 2020. <coughs> Excuse me. So we shall see. Like I said, after that, I do a little podcast next week. But I got a little bit of change going on here. Now, a lot of you like the dummy of the moment, and I decided to change for this new year going forward. The, the, there will be no more dummy for the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, right? But I got something just as good, because sometimes some of this stuff, maybe fans say, and it is just freaking hilarious. So now... It's going from dummy of the moment to I'm using a line from one of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump. Are you stupid or something? So, for the first candidate, for the first selection, are you stupid or something? It got to go out to the Florida Gators. So, we all know Jake Frongo in NFL. I think he's going to do well. He's a highly intelligent quarterback. He's a winner. He's a leader. He'll do fine. But the Florida Gators are going to be the first selection for Are You Stupid? Their fan base, when Jake Fromm left, 
declares the NFL draft. You know what it said? We are now the favorites to win the SEC East and go and play an SEC championship game and get to the playoffs and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. So Jake Fromm beat y'all three years in a row. And that first year, just in case they forgot, that first year, Jake Fromm was a freshman. So you can't look at it and go, well, your, your star quarterback gone, so we're going to lose because Jake Fromm was a freshman the first time he beat y'all. And that game was 42-7. to The past three years, we played Florida. 102 to 41. Let's say that again. 102 to 41. That was the that's that's the difference. And Florida fans are how you think, oh, that game last year was close. Y'all just beat about seven points. No. Yes, technically. But y'all didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Could you imagine having had an offense? It would have been a major blowout yet again. So this year, you know, they, they're thinking that we're going to do something. So much that I got to put on here. He ain't played a down of football against Georgia. Javon Dexter. Who Georgia tried to get. Who I think is a great player. Who I, who I think, you know, I wish we would have had him. But he's going to Florida. But he took a picture of Dan Mullen, and he said, and in, and, uh, and in his Twitter tweet he posted out, he put down there, next year, we're going to the White House. And one of my Facebook friends uh, posted something I thought was so funny. I got to give him credit. Uh... Brian Wilkinson, I gotta give him credit for this. It was so funny. He he put he he quoted at the top of that young man tweet about you no know, that, that Florida goes to the White House next year. And the quote reads, and I and I quote Self-guided tours are available Tuesday through Thursday from 8 o'clock to 7.30. Make sure it's not a federal holiday or you won't get in. Don't be late and don't go past the red ropes because they'll kick you out. That's about the only way anybody from here from Florida is going to the White House. You will not be at the White House celebrating national championship. Not in 2020. Not in 2020. It's going to be a while. Because I try to tell the other dumb Florida fan I work with, look, Demo's a clown. You don't have to you want to. But he's a clown. So, since they're the first candidate, I got to do it. Are you stupid or something when it comes to Florida fans? Are you crazy or just plain stupid? Stupid as stupid does, Miss Blue. I guess. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. Stupid is, is stupid does, and stupid is the University of Florida. All right, so tonight is the 26th of January. Tomorrow, on the 27th, 1785. 
that University of Georgia founded. Tomorrow makes 235 years of the University of Georgia. And on the 30th, which will be Thursday, 1892, the very first game, Georgia football game was ever played. And we beat Mercer by a score of 50-0. to zero. And we finished that season with a record of 1-1. One one. We actually played Auburn and actually lost, but whatever. But can you imagine if there's only two game seasons of college football? I'm so glad for, for progression. But it will mark 128 years this year of Georgia football. So that's all I got for right now. Like it's been a while, and I, I we'll be back after the fifth of February for the next uh, podcast to recap the recruiting class. Who knows what's gonna happen? Right now we're sitting on top of I believe it's five five stars. Let's see, you got, you have Mikhail Sherman, you have Darnell Washington, you have hopefully Brian Jones, stay true to the commitment. <clears throat> and there's some others I can't really think of right now. A couple more I can't really think of. Jalen Carter, you got that guy. And uh, hopefully, I can't think of the other one right now, but hopefully, we know, who knows, a lot of back and forth and hearsay, but right now the word is Zach Evans, the number one back in the country, is, is still thinking about coming to Georgia. So we'll see. And we'll find out the story why uh, later on, why his papers got signed and they released him from it, and et cetera, et cetera. But regardless, in Kirby, we come to Georgia football, Kirby I trust. And so before I get out of here, a non-related football, uh, Georgia football topic. Just real quick. Um, my heart was kind of heavy earlier. You lost a legend in basketball today. Uh, very shocking. Uh, when I first saw the tweet come across, Justin Tell, um, one of the, our lead reporter for recruiting, mentioned that, you know, this can't be happening. That Kobe Bryant died in the helicopter crash. Like, this this is not real. This this is this is not real. This is a, gotta be a hoax. And unfortunately, he passed away. His daughter passed away. His oldest daughter, his wife, passed away. And her teammate and their parents. So, uh, prayers go out to the Bryant family and those all involved in that tragedy. I can't imagine, you know, my loved ones and my wife someday or my children someday leave out the door and they both never return home. So that got to be very hard. So please, if you are a person of prayer, just pray for their comfort. Pray for their time of grievance. But anyway, I just want to say that and rest in heaven to all those who have gone on this, this afternoon. But anyway, that is it. I shall return. I promise you it will not be a month. I will be back sometime next week. I'll probably try to do it Thursday at the latest next Saturday after after the film. And I'm so excited, guys. So excited. The beautiful thing about this, 
is that college football goes on year round. There's all season two because recruiting, recruiting never stops. So, until I see you guys again, have a great Bulldog day, a great Bulldog night, a great Bulldog week, and as always, go dogs, sickle, roof. <laughs>